When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live on ACN Track, welcome to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Peche. Welcome to another episode of Go Greyhounds with myself, Alexia Peche, and James Gr- and Callum. Hello, Hello and Lex. welcome, How you guys. Going? Callum. How are we? Ignore me. I introduce you and you ignore me. <laughs> a big weekend uh, just gone and a big weekend ahead. Let's roll into straight into Saturday. Yeah, indeed. Uh, big win, big win. What a fantastic and exciting uh, effort this was by Cabago. Let's go back and have a listen to its win in the WA Oaks. Off the back, Mermaid Manelli the leader. Quickly on the heels, the sister, Thrift Manelli the second. Then followed by Cabago who runs on on the home corner. Mermaid Manelli, Thrift Manelli, Cabago to the outside. Mermaid Manelli over the top. Cabago coming at Mermaid Manelli. Lunges, oh, I'm not sure. Mermaid Manelli or Cabago noses out of sync. Thrift Manelli on the outside. Try catch Tanya in a photo for four, third and fourth. Then followed by Veyron Star. Speed missile well backwards. Pixie Manelli and Weston Magada stand by. It's a photo. Yeah, got to say, guys, uh, watching that live at the track, on Saturday night. That was such an exciting finish. Cabago thought it was gone down the back uh, and kicked again in the home straight. Just Not over. a lot between them either. I actually watched it back this morning. I'm yes. obsessed. So I <laughs> watched it back this morning and I was very impressed with that race. Yeah, it's done it the hard way as well, which I think is uh, the, yeah. the, the best thing about the run. It's been wide the whole way and managed to get around the outside and get the bob on the line, which uh, is what matters. Indeed. We've seen two really good finishes for different reasons in our two feature races at Kangton the last two Saturday nights in the Derby. Catch the Thief, impressive, uh, just in the pure dominance of his effort. And then Cabago, just with the, the will to win and that determination. Just gutsy effort from Cabago. Great win for Cody Charles as well, the trainer. His first group race success uh in uh, Greyhound Racing, of course, has a big association with harness racing. But uh, first in Greyhounds, a wonderful result uh, for the sport for a young guy uh, coming through. Callum, we saw Cabago. That was Saturday night. The, the change within less than a week. Uh, Cabago winning Saturday night. Then, of course, went into the heats of the Kenyana Trophy uh, at the same venue last night. Uh, run us through what happened in the Kenyana Trophy heats, mate. Yeah, obviously Cabago was on the four-day backup. Uh, in the first heat, Paul Rocket led them up. Uh, Oysters got in behind and was very gallant, uh, running, uh, nearly running down Paul's Rocket. Uh, the three that went through were Paul's Rocket, Oysters and Bartucks. Uh, Weston Olive in the second heat got behind Speed Missile in the run, uh, dropped down to the fence, went around Speed Missile around the home bend and uh, managed to nab it late on the line. Uh, Bushman's Pride Got in behind Cabago. I don't think Cabago appreciated the four-day backup as much. Uh, he got a little bit tired, got a little bit wide. Uh, Bushman's Pride got in behind, ran Cabago down, and Equity Share finished third, qualifying for the for that race. Yes, indeed. Uh, well, Cabago, we expect uh, might be a bit better next uh, next uh, Wednesday. Uh, but that did make the final. That's the important thing. What about we turn our attention towards Saturday night, guys? Heats of the Winter Cup. We've got Paul Stewart. Uh, joining us later on the show, he's got Campini. Campini is back. 
uh, and going around in uh, one of these two heats. Uh, what are we looking for on Saturday? Well, we've got Zach Minnelli finally makes it up to the 600. Been a while coming for that dog, I believe. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I think both the dogs, Zach Minnelli and Red Cat Minnelli, a lot of people have been waiting to get up to the 600. Zach's drawn box eight, which isn't great on the bend start of the 600 metres. There's a bit of speed inside with Banjo's girl and Snickers Minnelli. I think it might be a bit of a struggle for Zach, and I think Red Cap's a stronger dog. I think we'll see Red Cap over 7.15, and I think it'll be a very good dog. But let's just go back a bit, a question of my own. Do we think that uh, Zach Minnelli could have stepped up a bit earlier to the 600? Potentially. I think uh, both these dogs have been uh, wanting to step up to 600 for a while now. Obviously, we've had a few features over the 5.20, so maybe that was Hobby's thinking, staying at the 5.20 and not wanting to mix distances. But I think it's about time these dogs step up the 600 and even red cap further. Too keen on Zach. I know you're his uh, biggest fan there, Lex. I want to know about these uh, Mandra, uh, sorry, the uh, Winter Cup heats, though, with Campini. We've got uh, Tommy Shelby going around in the other ones, uh, other heat there as well. Uh, the feature race... Uh, contests at the moment are absolutely superb. We thought after the Derby and Oaks that maybe we might, you know, things might uh, slacken off a bit, but they're just continuing to be fantastic racing, doesn't it? Yeah, these two fields are the uh, the two hottest fields we'll probably have. Uh, you've forgotten Buster the Brute there, James, but we'll let you off this <laughs> It's the time. emotional connection. You've got to leave it outside. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, catch the Thief in two. Uh, Buster's drawn very well. We'll get a lot of room to move. A lot of the, um, uh, a lot of the good dogs have... Uh, uh, drawn very poorly. Campini box eight wants to get down to the fence. Looks very hard. And Tommy Shelby on his insides, Mermaid Manelli, who wants to push up the track. So it could be hard for Tommy Shelby. Um, I think the draw is everything in this race, and it would be very interesting how they pan out. Yeah, that's in the second one. Obviously, Campini taking on Catch the Thief in that that uh, first one. We'll talk to Paul a bit later on about how he thinks uh, thinks uh, Campini's going to go there. Campini's a favourite of yours, right? And, it, and we yes. should mention you did back him last week. Last week. And despite that, Campini was able to get up exactly. and win. So, so we're happy with that result. Future's looking good for you. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's about time. One swallow doesn't make a summer, Lex, as we know. No. What about uh, this? We mentioned uh, Zach and Red Cap before, obviously trained out, trained out of the David Hobby kennel. When you're looking at dogs to back, how important Callum is the trainer? Is it is it a big factor in your decision, or are you looking at uh, other factors more important? Yeah, um, I do factor in the trainer. Um, I look at it more of a bonus if you're trained by a trainer that is going um, very good or good does have a good record, like Paul Stewart. I think it's a it's a positive for the dog. Uh, I also look at informed stables. Some uh, some kennels don't go as well uh, certain times of the year and go in and out of form just like any other horse trainer and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, I think that's very uh, very important when you're doing the form. James, let me put the same question to you. You obviously pick dogs um, in your own time as well. What is that something you also look at? Names and colours, Lex. That's what I face on. <laughs> if they're pretty, I'll have it. <laughs> that's right. No, trainer, trainer definitely is a, is a thing you look at. Trainers have brands um, and Obviously, some are suited to certain type of types of races, but uh, some are ju- just better in general overall. Like you mentioned, a guy like Paul Stewart or, or David Hobby, these guys have good brands. Uh, you know that uh, they're going to present their dog, uh, give it the best opportunity that, that it possibly can. Uh, so, yeah, no, trainer definitely very important. Box draw is another issue, for, uh, another thing, big thing that I look at. Uh, overall times... I think those are important. Early speed as well. Callum, Callum, how big is early speed for you when you're looking at uh, backing a greyhound? Uh, it's the biggest factor by far. Probably put it 
80% of it is my early map in the race, how I think a dog's going to come out, whether it goes right or left, straight, and how if that dog... Everyone can look at a form guide and look at a PB and go, oh, this dog's gone 29.40 around Cannington over 5.20, but if it's not going to be able to produce that run early on in the race, then you can disregard that PB. So early early split and what's going to happen to the first corner is pretty much everything in the dog race. Do you ever, men- do you ever think about how long that dog has been in running that distance for, for example, mentioned Zach Minnelli moving up to the 600. Um, how quickly do you want him there sort of thing? Do you like, if he's run it six times, you know he's confident in that length? Yeah, so um, certain dogs I want, if they're going to be a query at the 600, I want them to have a good 520 base before going up. Um, certain dogs that are natural, like you look at a Tornado Tears, he can go up to 715 straight away just because he's a natural-born stayer. But if they're a bit of a query, I like them to have around six to eight runs over the 520 before stepping up to the 600. Right, so con- any concerns with Zach this week? No, no. The Red Cap and Zach, they should run out the distance. It's just how the race is going to play out. Is the bit you, of actually, you like Red Cap in this one, don't you? Yeah, I, do. I feel yeah. like another emotional connection. <laughs> <laughs> You're an emotional guy, Callum. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, there we go. That's uh, what's what we look for. Another thing I will add, just to one final point on that topic, class, dropping back in class, that's, an, that's another big factor for me I, I look for when I'm looking for dogs. You might, a dog uh, that's been competing against a harder opposition, dropping back to easier opposition might get an easy kill there. Well, wasn't that one of the things with Tommy Shelby a few weeks back when he came back from the break? That yeah. He had a bit to prove. Uh, well, he, he 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 when he stepped up into the into the to the Derby sure. heats, yeah. But look, I I don't I don't think Tommy has a whole lot to prove. I think I think that dog's going to do particularly. My this week might be hard, but uh, overall, I think that dog's got a very bright future ahead of it. Right, we'll be back just after the break. Live on SEN Track, you're listening to Go Greyhounds with James Broadhurst and Alexia Peche. Welcome back to the show, and we have got a very special guest now, one of the savviest trainers in the business, Paul Stewart. Paul, uh, thanks for coming on the show with us, mate. Morning, guys. How are you? Good, good, good. Paul, talking about savvy, a nice way to come back last Saturday night, Campini. Let's chat about that. What do you think of that result? Yeah, he was good. It was um, a long time between drinks for him. He... uh... Yeah, he's been probably a little bit disappointing probably the last couple of months in his racing. Um, so, yeah, had a little bit of time away. And, uh, yeah, it's been his first run back. He drew suitably in box one and and the race sort of went to plan. So, yeah, hopefully he can continue on, on the path of, yeah, he got a little, some nice confidence out of it last week. And, um, yeah, hopefully he can roll it on into this week. Unfortunately, he goes back into box eight. So, um, yeah, he's going to have to try, be at his best. The break he had was that uh, just a freshen up or any uh, any little injury things there? No, it was more just a break from racing. He sort of, as I say, he was pretty disappointing his last few runs, and it just he just looked a little, you know just looked like a tired dog to me. Um, you know, his the enthusiasm really wasn't there. So uh, yeah, it's like anything, you know, we all need a holiday every now and again. And yeah, he I just thought the time was right to sort of just pull the pin on him and and just keep him away from the track. And uh, since I've done that, his trials leading up to it were, were good, but they were getting better every time he sort of went around. So it was, it was indicating to me that he was sort of on his way back. And, um, yeah, it was good to sort of see that sort of on Saturday night. He, he ran, you know, he jumped well for him, which is um, obviously one of his biggest uh, negatives. He's, he's normally a bit slow out, but he came out with him and 
and got into a good spot early. So, um, yeah, to me, it sort of looked like he was happy to be back and um, hopefully he can sort of stay in that mindset for quite a while. How do you rate this dog uh, overall? Obviously, we know he's richly talented, has, I guess, been on the cusp of greatness basically throughout the entire course of his career, but maybe hasn't ever quite attained that. Is that is that a fair assessment? Oh, 100%. He's, he looked, without being sort of mean to the dog, he's, he's, he's underachieved probably significantly for, you know, the ability he has got. He, um, you know, he's probably one of the quicker dogs I've ever had. And, you know, I don't think he's really won a feature race. He's, he's always there or thereabouts, but he just, he's a dog that, sort of tends to have excuses and, um, you know, the really good dogs, you know, take that out of play. They take matters into their own hands and um, he's sort of yet to do that. So he's sort of getting to getting on in, in time. So I don't think that's sort of going to change. So it's a matter of hopefully just trying to keep him, you know, happy enough to keep going around and hopefully, you know, one day the, the stars will align and you might be able to, you know, grab one of those features. How do you work with a dog like that? You know he has the potential, but he's maybe lacking a little bit. What do you do as a trainer? Uh, just get frustrated. <laughs> um, that's basically all, all you can do. I mean, as I say, you, you, you treat them all the same. And, um, you know, as I say, the good dogs just sort of find a way to, you know, you know the great dogs, they find a way to win. And, um, yeah, you know, it's just the X factor. He's probably missing that when it comes to sort of his race craft. He's sort of... He has the habits which are good in dogs. They want to get to the fence, but, um, you know, he, he just lacks that early pace and that's the biggest his biggest detriment. If he sort of had a lot more early speed, he, he could position himself better in races and then go from there and he probably would have won a lot more races. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, that's just the make of, of who he is and um, I'm sure there's probably plenty of dogs out there that are, are very similar that you don't really hear of. But, um, yeah... From my end, you can just hopefully one day it sort of clicks. But, yeah, unfortunately for him, he sort of, he's had to sort of um, go to that really next level. I mean, it's probably sounding a bit harsh. He did make a Melbourne Cup final and he's made you know quite a few group runs. But he's um, ultimately ultimately been pretty disappointing in those finals sometimes. Um, sometimes on his own behalf and sometimes just having bad box balls. So, yeah, he's just one of them dogs. you just got to hope he can keep going. And as I say, just one day... Things will line up for him, and he'll look like a well better. Potentially uh, a chance at another trophy this uh, next couple of weeks, mate. So heading into the the Winter Cup, uh, as you mentioned, Box Eight for your heat there. You come up against Catch the Thief, tough ask. Yeah, extremely tough. Um, uh, yeah, back out out to where he does not want to be, and in, in a race that's you know got a lot of early speed. So he ain't going to be as handy as he was on last Saturday. So he's going to you know, rely on a lot of luck to try and get a nice clean run early and, and find the fence at some stage during the race because that's generally where he'll want to be going to. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> that's the box draws for you. He, he, you know, he can be immoral one week and then as soon as you put him on the other end of the box, he's probably five or ten to one. So, uh, yeah, be, I'd be happy if he can qualify and, and try and pray for a good box next week. And just on Friday night, Paul, uh, Cordoraro, he's stepping up to the 6.47 I've spent a lot of time in this race trying to work out whether he's going to run out the 6.47. He looks the early leader. Uh, he's run home times over 4.90, been very oppressive. How do you think he'll go over the 6.47? I'm hoping he runs it out. It's a bit of a, um, an X factor. I've never sort of done this with a dog 
um, gone from 490 to 600. He's had a few trials in between, you know, tomorrow night and his last start. Um, unfortunately, the clock didn't work for him last for his last trial, so I'm kind of going in a little bit blind. Um, but off my own judgment, I, I'd say he can run it. Um, he's naturally, you know, he's run home times and his 490 races have been very strong and uh, he pulls up from them very easily. So he gives every, every indication to me that he'll run it. Um, but, it's, you know, you really don't know until you put him over the trip. And the 600 down to Manor is quite a, you know, it's a very tough run. So um, I'm going to learn just as much as probably what the punters will after he goes around. But, if my gut feeling tells me he will be he'll he will run it out. So um yeah, hopefully he can lob on the arm and not gas himself out too early and um yeah, be able to find the line, okay. He does look like a pretty handy type Quarterado. One of your uh, very good uh, up and coming young dogs. The other one, Tan but Pace looks like a pretty handy one as well. Yeah, he's been improving sort of every time. He's just, he's won his first four or five in a row and um his last start when he got beat was probably one of his better runs. He sort of found trouble and um, still kept going, which is good to see for a young dog. Um, you don't know how they're going to handle the, you know, the rising grade as they go along and um, and the rough and tumble, and he sort of come out of it pretty good on uh, last week. So, um, yeah, he's a nice dog coming through, so hopefully he can sort of just keep progressing and he, he, he probably needs to find a couple tenths when he goes up in grade. Um, but... He's, he's going along in the right direction. So, yeah, he's a nice one to sort of follow. Paul, in my very short experience in greyhounds, a lot of people have a connection to the sport from a younger age and that's how they sort of make their way in. But your story's a bit different. Just run us through that a bit. Yeah, I'm not from a, uh, a racing family as a rule. Um, yeah, I sort of took interest in greyhounds sort of... Um, well, my dad had a couple of greyhounds in the backyard when I was probably four or five and and only had them for not long and um yeah it must have just stuck with me then so yeah growing up as a child we didn't even have a pet dog so um it was a bit weird that um yeah sort of what i really wanted to do and yeah just sort of growing up in my teenage years i was very keen on watching them and having a bet on them and uh yeah sort of it sort of grew from there i've done a bit of work experience through high school um with training greyhounds with uh johnny tonkin so I thought that was I'd done one week there, and sort of once I had a taste of it, I thought I really haven't left. So I've been around and since, uh, you know, I was about 15 year old, 16, and yeah, just been doing it ever since. And obviously, you had the trip over east uh, to learn your craft a, a bit better. Something that a lot of you took it seriously, basically. You you, you realised you had to learn and and get the skills to to be the trainer you wanted to be. Yeah, correct. It's like anything. I mean, if you have a, a, a an interest in life and um, you know, you really want to do it the best you possibly can, um, no matter what it is. So I took it upon myself to sort of take the take the plunge to move over east where, uh, you know, the Greyhound game is a lot bigger and, and more intense and uh, there's you know, a lot more opportunities to learn. And I've done that for about five or six years over there with some of the, the biggest and best breeders and trainers over there. And, um, yeah, it sort of put me on the right path and sort of, you know, going from train, you know, place to place, learning different things, and yeah, you just try and package it all up into what you think might work for yourself, and um, yeah, sort of, it's it's definitely set me on the right track, that's for sure. Once you set up uh, back over here in in WA, success came relatively early, didn't it? Uh, 
Yeah, you had uh, Pedrosa, I guess, was your, your first dog, which really which kicked you off. But then, and you probably get sick of uh, talking about it, or maybe you don't, but um, we, we certainly don't get sick of talking about it. You had Miata come along uh, not too long after, and, and things really kicked off then, didn't it? Yeah, well, that's it. It's sort of, sort of everything sort of rolled into, just rolled on. I, I moved to, when I moved back to Perth, I had um, Pedrosa as a, a young dog. He, he was one I owned, and... Um, I think he only had five or six starts before we both moved back to Perth. And, um, you know, within a couple of months, he was one of the hottest dogs going around Perth and sort of raced him through his career. He, he won a heap of feature races here and made a couple, you know, made a top gun in, over in uh, Melbourne. And then sort of on his on the back end of his career came Miata. She was a dog that I'd bred Um when I just before I moved back to Perth, so yeah, she was probably you know within 12 to 18 months of me moving back over here, she was the next lot of dogs that I had to come through, and yeah, she turned out to be a freak of a thing. And um, yeah, obviously, along with those, having them a headline acts, you get uh, other good dogs that come along to fill in the gaps as well. So yeah, all of a sudden, you have a really nice team, and yeah, everyone sort of takes notice from them. Oh, well, we could talk forever about uh, Miada and, and the, the great dogs you've had out of the champion kennel there, Paul. But uh, unfortunately, we've run out of time, mate. Thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. No worries, guys. Have, have a good one. Paul Stewart there. Wish him all the best this weekend going into the Winter Cup. James, you're going to be back in Campania this weekend? Uh, oh, it's look, in your best interest. <laughs> it, uh, I do look. I do have a soft spot for this dog. Uh, I box A is really tough, especially with uh, Catch the Thief on the inside draw there. On that, Callum, mm. tips for this weekend. Uh, Thursday, race seven, number six, Go Get Him Jingle, uh, should improve off last week. Race ten, it's a two-part play. Number three, New World Order, been racing in free-for-all level, drops back in grade here, so that might be one for James. Uh, number four, <laughs> Test the Best. Uh, so those are the two tips on Friday. Uh, race eleven, number two, Akachi. Uh, a drop back in grade here, down to the inside, should be able to lead and give a sight. And race 12, uh, number eight, Clifton Flyer, perfectly boxed here and was very good on uh, resuming back last start and can probably improve off that. Radio, so that's Thursday. Race seven, number six, go get them jingle. Race 10, number three and four, New World Order and Test the Best. Friday, race 11, number two, Akachi, worried about how to say that. And race 12, number eight, Clifton Flyer. And Callum backing two dogs in one race. Not sure about that. We'll have to find out a little bit more about that next week. But that's all we've got time for. Thanks for uh, being on the show, guys, and uh, look forward to seeing everyone next week. Thanks, James. Happy to be